Gonzaga Nation SI continues. I'm Dan Dickow alongside fellow Gonzaga alum, spectacular player. What what uh Adam Morrison, what other what adjectives did you like used to describe your game? Uh scorer, I guess. Scorer. Um others would say ball hog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh scorer's probably the um I guess the way that uh I was like to be described, I guess crafty competitive i think crafty is always kind of a hidden term if you get what i'm saying yeah yeah, i know what you're saying (laughs) so we try to eliminate those um and today better athlete than expected yeah exactly um but yeah crafty i guess or just high iq is is one that i thought was always a um a nice way to be described as as a player it means you obviously played smart and knew what you're doing and understood the game this is I think I know the answer, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever asked you this directly. Favorite player growing up? Like if you were going to sit with your dad, who was a coach, yeah. and try to learn something from him talking through a game, watching, yeah. who would it have been? Well, I grew up, you know, I was born in 84, so kid of the 90s are impressionable. So obviously the Bulls and Jordan were kind of like – you know, everybody enjoyed watching them play. But I think when I got to my high school years, I started watching Larry Bird a lot, just on like old tapes and, you know, the documentaries and stuff. And that's kind of um, who I understood as, a, you know, a, a great shooter. Somebody who can uh, do things with limited athletic ability. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, that was the guy that I was like uh, – I tried to model my game after. But then in the league at when I played was – Dirk was my favorite player just to play against and watch. Yeah. He was just so good. Did you ever get to meet Bird? Uh, yeah, I did uh, once. Yeah, in passing. He came to our game when we played Illinois and got beat fairly, you know, really bad. We were mm-hmm. down 30. It was the Illinois team that ended up going to the championship game that year, the undefeated one. Um, and then I saw him after a Charlotte game, my rookie year, I was walking out of the elevator and it was Jordan, Bird, and Derek Jeter walking down the hallway. That's just talking a hell to each of other. a trio yeah, right crazy. there. And I was just like five feet behind him. And I remember Jordan coming up to Larry um, when we got into the, you know, we were walking through and get to the loading dock and he slapped him on the belly and, and made some comment about his weight. And, <laughs> Larry laughed, you know what I mean? They were just BSing as yeah. two dudes, you know what I mean? That knew each other and played against each other. So it was crazy. And just like Derek Jeter is just with Jordan, you know what yeah. I mean? But just falling along like, hey, man, you know what I mean? That's it was awesome. Just, it was wild. Yeah. Dirk's, we were teammates for like three months. Yeah. He's one of the best. That's why I always heard he was yeah. a great teammate too. Did Have you ever heard my Dirk story? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. I'm lucky my career continued on after this yeah. so uh we were on a road trip we were in miami and there was like six of us that were gonna go south beach get dinner trainer strength coach um so there was like three taxis mm-hmm. and dirk and i were the last two guys to get into the last taxi and it was a it was a van taxi as in, i'm like i'm low man on the totem pole so i'm like dirk you want the front or you want the back yeah. whatever it doesn't matter he goes no just go ahead and get in so i get in the car the the taxi and I slam the door, right? I just close it, slam it. I feel a tap on my left shoulder. And he's like, bro, open the door. I'm like, what? He taps me again a little harder this time. He goes, bro, open the door. It's like, I look back on my left. I'm like, what? Just mm-hmm. get in. Let's go. He taps me one more time. He goes, Dan, 
open the door. Come on, bro. And I looked this way. Dirk's hand was in the door. Oh. I closed his hand in the door Oops. of the taxi. <laughs> Luckily, already in the taxi was the, the trainer, Casey Smith. So he looks at it. Thank God it wasn't broken. I'm sitting at dinner the rest yeah, of the Yeah, you had to been just like completely yeah. flustered. Sitting at dinner the rest of the night, like not saying a word, yeah. just like wondering, like, is my career <laughs> over? <laughs> the next morning, I get on the elevator and Don Nelson's the head coach. Mm-hmm. And Nelly looks at me, he gives me a wink, and he goes, man, did you guys hear about Dickow? We had to cut him this morning. He slammed Dirk's hand in oh the my taxi. <laughs> so I feel like about six inches tall in the uh, in the elevator at the time. He, Dirk good. goes out and scored 41 that night. Yeah, I'm sure it, it didn't bother him. But yeah, that's a high-risk maneuver you just pulled off and yeah. got away with it. Yeah, and it was it's crazy. Uh, I, I ran into Dirk about three years ago. I was in, in Dallas, so I was had a broadcast. I went to the Mavericks practice facility to just go to watch practice, talk to Donnie Nelson, and Dirk and I talked for like 10 minutes after practice, and he's like, you remember when you slammed my finger in the door? <laughs> I was like, you're never going to let me live that one down. Uh, you would have got exiled, um, not just from the NBA, but from Texas, if that would have happened, and you would have yeah. broke his hand, like – yeah. Your name would still be on a hit list. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> so enough about our stories. I'm sure at some point we'll be able to get into a lot of other good ones. But uh, Gonzaga is still rolling. I mean, you look at last week, Pacific, St. Mary's, yeah. you know, the Pacific game, the outcome was was, was what you expected. Yeah. Uh, was it 38-point victory? Yeah. I mean, that's normal now. Yeah. But is there anything you saw in that Pacific game that, either gave you pause for concern or really was like, Hey, they just handled business. I think they just handled business. I didn't think anybody from Pacific from a scoring standpoint, uh, could really hurt us, you know, in scoring bunches. So I think, you know, obviously defensively we're good. We held them to around 30% shooting. Um, yeah, there wasn't anything that jumped, you know, we matched their physicality. We knew they were going to be physical. Uh, you know, Leonard Perry's a good coach and he understands how to build a program, but he just doesn't have any scores. Yeah. And so just watching the flow of that game, um, you could just tell that Pacific really didn't have an opportunity to, to even be in that game at all at any point. Um, so I didn't feel like there's anything to nitpick or anything like that. It was just kind of like 30 plus tonight probably. And, uh, you know, hopefully our guys are off the floor five minutes to go. And that's kind of what happened. Isn't that crazy? It's like a ho-hum 38 point win. Yeah. And, and like, I always give respect to teams that at least fight and play hard and Pacific did that. Cause we've yeah. played some teams that don't, and you're just like, you guys shouldn't be in this league or we shouldn't schedule you. So like, I always want to take pause a little bit on, just being like, oh, we beat him by 30. He's like, well, you know, he's going through a transition year. Um, like a lot of transfers. Like I said, no shooters. I mean, none. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. and you can't win in today's game. And I know it's cliche, but if you can't space the floor at all, I mean, you literally don't have a chance. And that's what Pacific had. So, like, I, I kind of looked at it like, oh, this has got to be a tough go for uh, Coach Perry. He's been around the block. He's known, um, you know, the game, obviously. So, hopefully he can get it turned around. Um, but yeah, it just was one of those where you're just like, and it's gotta be tough sledding over there sitting in that locker room trying to coach yeah. when you can't score the basketball yeah. at all. And I'm not just talking about against us. Right? Well, they've struggled <laughs> against everybody, but they're, they're hanging in games. I mean, they took USC well, that's, that, down that, to the wire, that, but that's the, the kind of the synopsis of what I'm trying to say is like, they play hard. Yeah. And so 
that's the benchmark first when you're trying to build a program. Do your guys believe what you're saying and respect it enough to go out and compete every time? And that's what they did. We're just so much better than them personnel-wise that you're going to have a 30-point blowout. Yeah. But it's also like, you know, when teams like that that play hard and leave the arena, I'm always like, good job. Yeah. You know, like, at least you, you competed. I've seen a lot of games in there. You have two doing the TV where you're like – this team is just not even trying. No, you get like one or two guys that just start searching for numbers and then one or two guys that just start looking off into the, yep. into the crowd and yeah, it's just kind of giving things up easily. Yes. So, but yeah, I saw the same thing watching the game on TV and then you look at Saturday's game, St. Mary's this might be one of Randy Bennett's best coaching jobs. And I think he's a terrific coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's a really good coach. I'm surprised he's still at St. Mary's based on how well he's done with the resources that that school has given him over the years. But when you just look at their roster, they don't seem to, to intimidate anybody, but then you look at like the, the cumulative sum of their parts this year, it's pretty dang good. Yeah. I mean, you saw that in person. What Mm -hmm. did you see from Toss and Johnson and and Dukas and those guys? Well, I thought as usual, that they're well coached um they play hard they play together um so it was kind of like i don't see us winning by 25 or more and i know that sounds funny and there was times when that game was in balance um you know and it's just they run the same stuff they ran for (laughs) 20 (laughs) years and that's what's so amazing is he finds guys that fits um, into his system, he always finds a, a, a good big, if not a great big. Lawndale's been great. Sam Han's been great. Waldo was great. Kickert was great. Toss is, is, you know, 12 points a game, so he's not terrible, but he could get to where, you know, he's 15 to 20. Yeah. Um, and then they always have point guard play, and Kusi's a fantastic player for being a, a walk-on guy. He's a six-year guy um, with the COVID rule. He's just super solid and get in the paint. He's improved his shot. Um you know, and he had a good game against us. He had 16, I believe, and um, was really solid on the floor. So, like, I can see how that team could easily get to the second weekend in the in the NCAA yeah. tournament. I think they're no question in the NCAA tournament. They were 22 in the in the Ken Palm, I believe, not just the ranking in the Ken Palm, the one that matters. I don't see how they lose any more games in the West Coast Conference and then hopefully get to the championship against us to get to kind of solidify themselves into the tournament. They just are so well coached. I yeah. have so much respect for Randy Bennett. I really do. Cause like you mentioned resources and this is not a knock on same area. It's a beautiful area that nobody's ever been there. It's a, it's a fantastic campus. It's in Walnut Creek. So it's like, it's a it's nice fluent area of the country, um, but they don't really care about athletics or they didn't. You know what I mean? And he made them start to care about, um, I'm talking about a university standpoint of, you know, we got to have certain things for basketball and, and you got to allow me to recruit certain type of kids. And he's done that. And what he's done in the last five, six, seven years too, is um, changed his thought process on scheduling in the preseason. Yeah. Remember he used to always, yeah, you know, he, he, it's not like they didn't play anybody, but it was a little more protective mm-hmm. or like, and, and this could go back to your point. You don't know what the resource, because sometimes they're like, well, you can play people, but it's got to be the east of the Mississippi. Well, if you're trying to build, somebody's going to be like, hey, you got to come to us, mm-hmm. you know, so it's easier said than done. Um, but he's gone out and played games and played in tournaments now to where they get some 
um, good wins. And then if like the Wisconsin loss is not a bad loss, they could have won that game. Yeah. Obviously Oregon's looking better now, but you know what I'm saying? So like he actually has changed the mantra where they go into, you know, selection Sunday, then they actually were like, we should be in. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, Oh, we got screwed again. It's like, no, we're making it to where, Hey, we won 20, we're 24 and eight or whatever, 24 and six we're in and, yeah. and they get in. And so it's, uh, I always a lot, a lot of respect for the program. I used to hate them. You know what I mean? But when you grow older and you kind of grow wiser and you understand how, what it takes for, to win on a consistent level, Mm -hmm. you're like, all right, these guys know what they're doing. Um, So that team, I think he's done an excellent job to go back to your point of coaching this year. They don't have any like future NBA type athletes, bodies. I think Dukas is a decent player. Um, Like I mentioned, Kusi and Toss, but they're not. Uh, Dukas might have a chance to be a professional like uh, player down the road, big size, mm-hmm. big athletic wing can shoot, but you're like, you know what I yeah, mean? You're yeah. just like, bravo, <laughs> man. Like yeah. you are winning basketball again. You're tough. When you go beat them, you actually have to beat them. Yeah. And they don't beat themselves. They never beat themselves. They can play at the slower pace. Now there was, I mean, leading up to that Gonzaga game, I think they were making nine threes a game and they're going at 77 instead of the 68 that they're normal, uh, normally mm-hmm. doing a conference play. So they were playing faster. Um, so yeah, like I just always have a lot of respect for Randy Bennett in that program. Cause like you said, it's the resources are not the greatest and he consistently finds guys that play hard, play within the system, play team basketball and they win every year. Yeah. No, you, you beat me to uh, another question that I was going to ask you is if you saw them as having a chance to win a game in the, in the NCAA tournament. And you said you think, I think they so. could. I agree with you. Well, like let's say they go to the seven to the four line for seating. Like, and then they play like the fourth place team in the Big 12. Like they could beat that type yeah. of team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because they're going to be overlooked. They've yeah, got exactly. enough size with toss. Yep. They've got enough shooting where a lot of times in some of those power conferences you're relying on athleticism if you're in the middle of the pack in a big power conference usually you're like my thought is you're relying on athleticism as opposed to skill yeah from like a a mid-major level program like a saint mary's yeah no i agree so well super bowl was yesterday yeah uh, I'm not a huge football guy. I just don't watch a lot of it. Um, but the Super Bowl is the one game of the year that I actually watch. Yep. I thought it was cool that Cooper Cup, being from Yakima, being from Eastern Washington, yeah. uh, had such a good game. Uh, did you watch the game? And then do you put out a spread of food or what's what's it like? Uh, I just you? usually watch it with my kids and we just kind of chill. And, and yeah, uh, went to my sister's house. We made tacos and it's just something like that where you can kind of just graze, you know. Um, we had a good time. Uh, I'm the same way. Like I'll watch playoffs on maybe, and it's kind of in the background. It's the only game I like watch all yeah. the way through. Um, but yeah, I thought it was the first, and a lot of people have said this, but I, I had to agree. It's like the first villainless Super Bowl in a while where you're like, no matter what team you won, you're yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah. yeah, cool, man. Cool for Stafford and OBJ. Like, yeah, you know, and Aaron Donald, and then like Joe Burrow, and you're like, cool, man. Like, <laughs> your knee fell off you last year, and you yeah. you took it, you know, you you did all these great things, and you're overlooked, blah blah blah. So you're kind of like, cool, man. I, whatever team wins, I, it's yeah. kind of cool, you know. So it was good. Yeah, I thought there was some game. good storylines. I yeah. mean, the, the, I like the Joe Burrow, you know, 
wins at LSU and has a cigar in the in the back room. I thought yeah. that's one of the that's like Joe Namath type cool oh, yeah. right there. Yeah. Absolutely. So we got a question that came in on one of our social media channels. I mix in they ask, I expect that you guys both watched the Super Bowl and if so, what was your favorite commercial? Um I like the one where it was the animatrons and they like went out of business and then they, it was the metaverse one. Mm-hmm. And they, so it showed the animatron like going through, you know, he was at one job and then he gets to the garbage dump and then somebody hires him and then somebody puts a thing on. So he's back at the, like the Chuck E. Cheese animatrons. Yeah. That was my favorite one. It's a right. metaverse commercial. Yeah. I, I remember that one. I think, uh, the one that caught my attention first was the uh, preview of the new Jurassic Park. Yeah, that was because cool. for some reason I didn't, I was not thinking they were going to come up with another one. <laughs> yeah, it's like- and so, like, I'm just sitting there. I was like, okay, well, what's the date? All right, we're going to go day of or <laughs> the second day yeah. to watch that. Um, but the the one that caught my attention and my whole family's was uh, the QR code. Was it? Yeah, it the was crypto wild. whatever. I don't crypto. know which com. one. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. And I guess. We were told it crashed. The site crashed. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't get my phone because my phone was plugged in in my office. So I couldn't get to my phone in time to get my daughter ran. She's like, I got to see it. And then, yeah, it was crypto.com. And I was like, oh, it's a world that I don't understand, sweetheart. You don't either. So, (laughs) speaking of those QR codes, and this is a pet peeve of mine since COVID. I hate a menu yeah. on a phone with a QR code. Yeah. Just give me the stupid paper one. Yeah, no, that's I saw a funny meme and it was so true. It's like I'm with the boomers on this one. Hand me the menu, like, and it's so true. Like, I don't want to look on my phone for a stupid. <laughs> I already know what I'm kind of getting, but yeah, just hand me yeah. a piece of paper. It's fine. Yeah. We're we're all gonna live. We're on the same page with that one. I need <laughs> yeah. to see that meme. So uh, appreciate it, Adam. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, he's Adam Morrison. I'm Dan Dickow. Thanks for joining.